You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are actually here with a special co-host, uh, DC from Well Run Media, uh, because Scott is out. So uh, if you hear a new voice, it's just DC, and most of you probably know this amazing man. So uh, we're really excited to get this started, and uh, and we have a really special guest on uh, on the podcast today. Uh, his name's Kirby uh, Hasselman. He owns Hasselman Marketing, uh, and he is also the author of the book, The Give First Economy and How to Succeed in It. Uh, to tell you a little bit about Kirby, Kirby and I met in 2017 when I was a, uh, a rookie in the industry, had only been in the world for about one year, and met him at a the PPAI conference in Vegas. And uh, actually, Kirby was teaching a class on, on social media and how you know, to produce great content and how to connect with your your community. And he brought up the idea of, hey, you should start a podcast. And I'm not going to lie. I think a lot of people in that room were like, yeah, okay. But we didn't think that. We were like, you know what? That actually is a really great idea. And we got the opportunity to work with DC uh, and Well Run Media and come up with the Brand Butters podcast where we launched our first episode August 24th of 2017. And we've now done over 130 episodes by the time this is launched. And before we get started, I just want to personally say, you know, on behalf of the Dunstan Group, Scott and all of us like Kirby, you were and are a mentor to me. And it's been amazing to see what this podcast has done for our business, but ultimately what it's done for the community. And it's easy to say, you know, oh, thank you. But it's it's amazing that you challenged us and we took that and ran with it. And now we've won two national awards for it. And it's just been an amazing journey. So before we get started, thank you so much uh, for for being that mentor and challenging people. And and I think it's it's fascinating. Um, so let's wow. jump into. Uh, yeah, no, 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 you know, no big, big intro there. But um, here comes <laughs> here comes who Kirby is. Right. So the. the Everybody wants to be like, if you Google somebody, what's going to come up? Well, if you Google Kirby Hassman, the first words that stand out are going to be, I am a fan of happy. And I love that. And I, you know, I think we all are. And, you know, the Kirby is, or the question of Kirby is like, how, how are you happy? Well, you know, Kirby started uh, his podcast, started his organization, has been a sales entrepreneur his entire life. He first, if you read the book at the very beginning, he talks about how he wanted to sell uh, being a bike repairman at nine years old. And he made his first sale and then he realized he couldn't actually fix bikes. So that was pretty fascinating. Um, and now you look at the entire journey of, of where you've been and what you've done. You've created an amazing um, organization. You already wrote a book called Marketing Joy. And now a new book just came out called The Give First Economy and How to Succeed in It. I finished it last night. Amazing book. Everyone should read it. We'll definitely put a link on uh, for Amazon. And I know you were doing a deal where you could download it for free as well. Uh, but Kirby, I am so honored to have you on uh, as a mentor to me and, and really kind of following your journey, whether it's, you know, conversations or really just following the content that you provide. It's it's amazing stuff. And uh, and and even though we're completely in a different part of the country, I feel like we're connected on a daily basis through social media and, and you constantly challenge us. So thank you so much for joining us on the Brown Butters podcast. I'm going to shut up and let Kirby start talking. And thank you. And uh, let's get this thing rolling. See, I think I've read the entire book while you were doing that intro. 
It, I, I had so much things to say, and I was like, how am I going to tighten this up into 30 seconds? It was impossible. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know I do like to talk, but but really want to dig into um, to who you are, Kirby, and, 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 and really kind of what made you want to start this book. So let's start it out. The new book is The Give First Economy. Tell us a little bit about it and tell us why, uh, why this book and why now. Yeah. So Brian, first of all, thank you. Goodness. I mean, like I'm, I'm red in the face and blushing, uh, really appreciate, uh, quite frankly, your friendship and, and all the kind words. And the reality of it is, and you know, this from doing podcasts from doing speaking, you try to share these things because you know that they work, but so few people will actually take you up on it. So to be candid, it's really an honor that you sort of followed up on the direction. And, and I love that you've won national awards for your podcast. And so first of all, kudos to you. Thank you for having me on. And, uh, yeah, so that's awesome. Um, as for the give first economy, you know, one of the things that I've been trumpeting for the last several years is I believe we do live in a give first economy. I've, I created a, um, a presentation around it. The idea that, um, the entrepreneur salespeople organizations, um, whether it's a company or a nonprofit, those who provide value up front are the ones who are going to win long term. Um, so many times we've lived through a world where businesses start immediately with buy from me, buy from me, buy from me, without really providing any value to um, the prospect or customer. And what's funny about it is, is these concepts are not brand new. You know, a lot of them I, I talk about in the book, they're, they're, simple, but they're not easy to execute. Right. Um, and they're old school things, but we can do them with new technology in a much more efficient way. And so in speaking around the country, the feedback I get on, you know, the idea of giving out joy, the idea of giving out praise and thanks, the idea of giving kindness, you know, it resonated with people, but they would come up to me and like, Oh man, I love this, but this sounds like it's really hard and it's going to take a lot of time. And, uh, that's true <laughs> because in reality, in no place in life is there really an easy button. I feel like we're always looking for it, but it doesn't exist. And so the second part of the book is just the whole concept is how to get more done so that you can be more productive, more fulfilled and more happy. And so that you can give first. Now the basis on this book, um, obviously the give first economy, if you read the, the beginning, it's, it's really kind of telling you, that you need to be a leader, but you need to be doing things without something in return. And, and, and not only say that, but be really intentional. A lot of the concepts are very easy, uh, but a lot of the things are, are not implemented on a daily basis. And I think one of the examples you talked about was specifically your social media interaction. Who are you on social media? And you challenge people to go look at the last 10 posts and read them and not read them from yeah. your own perspective. Read them from the perspective of somebody that's different. That's who you are on social media, right? So it's not right. that difficult to constantly give back, but a lot of people are just in this negative kind of vibe. And I feel like it all starts yeah. with not only your morning routine, like you mentioned, but kind of going and, and being positive throughout the day. So I think that's pretty fascinating. Where, like, where did all of these ideas come from? Is this just ideas that, that popped in your head through years of experience or really where did you kind of understand the, the foundation of, of, of where this book uh, kind of came from? That's a great question. And, and I've not been asked it before. So what I would say is I think it starts from experience. You start to look at, um, what is it that people seem to be gravitated toward me and what makes me stand out in the marketplace? 
And people would constantly say, now, again, I am a glasses half full guy, okay? So I, I recognize that kind of starting with it. But people gravitated toward that, and I started to look at it and go, why is that? Well, then you start looking at the studies, and when studies tell you that 89% of what you see in the world is negative, well, as I talk about in the book, in the mind, we're always trying to be better, right? It's so that our customers see us as better. But in the minds of our customers, better isn't better. Different is better. Standing out in a chaotic world can be difficult, but one of the ways to do it is to intentionally be um, as authentically as possible, be different from every other single person. And one of the things I was talking about there is so many of us just, without thinking about it, share things without giving any thought to how it's going to be perceived. Because you you mentioned this, and it's one of my favorite parts of the talk, is I always, we are bad at self-auditing. Right. And I always say that's why everybody in the, in the, every audience thinks they're an above average driver. You know, the math, <laughs> right? what do you mean? Math, I am a great driver. <laughs> and, and so when you ask, I, this is my favorite part of uh, the, the gift first speech that I talk about where I go, okay, how many of you on social media, pick your platform, know somebody who's always angry. I always say that they're pissed off if they can't find something to be mad about. Right. And everybody raises their hands because everybody knows that person, right? And then I say, okay, now, how many of you are that person? (laughs) And there's a dead silence. And then there becomes like this uncomfortable laugh when people realize the joke that nobody has their hand up. And I always say, like, literally, I've been traveling all around the country giving this talk to thousands of people, and I've never met the one asshole who's filling up all of our Facebook feeds. (laughs) And it's because we don't, we don't, audit ourselves well. And so I, you know, one of the things I challenge people is to go back and look at those 10 posts and just go, okay, could they be perceived as negative? Like, I think sometimes we think we're, we're being funny and sometimes we are, but it often can be perceived as snarky, um, or negative. And like, you know, those folks that just automatically are, are forwarding every political meme, you know, it, it's fine if that's who you authentically are and that's what you want people to remember you by. But so many of the times we're just not thinking of it on purpose. You know what I mean? And I tell people like, don't be inauthentic. If you are uh, a curmudgeon and you want to be perceived as such, that's fine. But most of us think we're being perceived as positive and we're not. And that's where the problem lies. Right. And I think on, on a on platforms such as that, where most of us are trying to be seen or seen as funny or seen as relevant, et cetera, et cetera, uh, it, it's almost impossible to self audit in a in a real way. <laughs> but but right. which gets me to a right. part of your book here that I am that I, the chapter that I'm probably most excited reading about here. Chapter 15, start a practice of gratitude. And that's really not something that most folks are going to take public, so to speak. So you're probably in a space of probably being more genuine in a space like that where you're actually practicing gratitude. Tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah, So one of the things, and and I talked about that where I I tell people all the time, like I am a glasses half guy, right? And studies will tell you that we've got a, a formula messed up, right? We always think that if you work hard and you have success, that ultimately you're going to be happy. And I think most people listening to this understand that that's wrong. Like we might get fleeting happiness when we get to a goal, but then that becomes the baseline, right? Or, or maybe it isn't fleeting happiness at all. You get to the end and you're like, oh, that's it. 
the formula should be flipped. It should be, if you are happy and you work hard, you're more likely to succeed. Same three elements, but put them in different order. Happy people, people who have been given a boost of positivity have been shown to perform better at work, be more popular, do better on tests. They, like I love, there was one study where, um, from a book called the happiness equation where they, um, actually gave doctors a lollipop right before they went in to see a patient. Now they weren't allowed to eat the lollipop because they were afraid the sugar would throw off the results. So they were given <laughs> a lollipop and it was, it was, it was just put in their pocket. Okay. The, the doctors who got the lollipop, their diagnosis were more accurate, which is mind blowing. If you really think about it, because these are some of, some of the most smart educated people on the planet. But if you give their brain a boost of positivity before they do their job, they were better at it. So that brings me back to what happens if you're not naturally happy? Are you just screwed? <laughs> like, and so the answer is no. And the answer is gratitude. The way that you want to put a uh, boost of positivity into your brain, the way that you want to live a happier, more fulfilled life is to create an attitude of gratitude or a habit of gratitude, right? Where um, when you are stressed, and this is where it's helped me, that three o'clock in the morning moment when you wake up and you're worried about bills, you're worried about your kids, you're worried about your marriage, you're worried about whatever, taking a moment with deep breaths and honestly and sincerely being grateful will truly affect the quality of your life. Because what I do know is the human brain can't focus on two thoughts at the same time. Not my opinion, it's science. Okay, it's the reason you're not allowed to text and drive. <laughs> um, so if you are thinking grateful thoughts, you are actively not thinking negative thoughts. And so that's how a habit of gratitude can really genuinely affect your whole life. And that's a killer segue into one of your other pieces in here where you talk about multitasking and not the benefits of it. <laughs> Lay it on us, man. Yeah, so I think one of the biggest myths that we've learned in the last 20 years is that multitasking helps your productivity. Multitasking not only kills productivity, it can literally kill you. I sort of alluded to it there. There's a reason that multi that uh, texting and driving is illegal. It literally kills people. But it, when I talk to people, there's more science on this one thing than any other in the book. There's more studies, more science that says, look, multitasking is not, it does not help you get more done. It, it's quite the opposite. But it's also the one that everybody push back, pushes back on. People are like, no, no, I'm a good multitasker. And I'd like to break it to you. The people who think they're good at multitasking are worse at it. <laughs> study, studies will tell you this. And the pushback is always like, well, I can do two things at the same time. And it's like, well, yeah, you can walk and chew gum at the same time. Neither of those take deep focus. But the most important work of our lives does, right? It takes deep focus. And the brain, this great book called The Brain Rules by John Medina, and he says, the human brain's so fast that we sometimes think we're doing, we're focusing on two things at the same time, but we're not. The brain starts and stops an activity. And when you start something and you're into it, and then something interrupts you, we've all had this happen, right? The email, the call, the boss, whatever, it can take you 15 to 21 minutes to get back into a zone where you're back into deep work. And so... It is not my opinion. Multitasking makes you less productive on really important work. And so, and, and you get to the end of your day and you're like, man, I was busy all day, but what the hell did I get done? And oh, yeah. 
I think, yeah, right? I mean, we've all, again, we've all been there. It's not like I'm perfect at this. But I think the reason is, is because you, you did a bunch of stuff where you weren't completely focused on it, which as a side note, that's like one of my biggest pet peeves is I think busy is the most overused word in the English language. And if you don't believe me, try to go two weeks without saying it because it becomes a response, <laughs> right? No, because you're like, kidding. how you doing? Busy. That's not the goal. <laughs> exactly. You had, and mentioning goals, you, um, and I'd love for you to jump into this. There was a, there's a lot of people, especially now, you know, beginning of the year, they want to set goals. And a lot of people don't know how to do that. And in the book, you mentioned that there's 3% of people actually write down their goals. And and that's fascinating. And I'll, I'll be honest, you know, I'm one of them right now. I have not written down my goals. I had this conversation with my twin brother uh, yesterday and he was appalled and I was appalled. Right. But it's something that <laughs> that that had happened. And by reading your book last night, you outlined five, uh, I believe it was five F's um, to to goal setting. Tell us a little bit about how you came up with those. You are so personal in the book that you even outline, you know, how you kind of portray that and how you set that up uh, for, for your family. But tell us, how did you come up yeah. with, with those goals? And tell us a little bit about how people can implement this easy type of goal setting, but ultimately something that you can look at every single day. Yeah. The, you know, I think that the reason only 3%, and again, some of us just, it gets away from us, right? But I think there's a, a big percentage of people who don't write down their goals because somehow they think they're doing it wrong. And the big thing I'd like people to take away if they don't take away anything else is that you're not doing it wrong. The only way that you're doing goal setting wrong is if you're not doing goal setting. Goals are extraordinarily personal. I, I joke that, uh, like for me, I'm, I'm a person who likes to swing for the fences. So one of my goals uh, last year was to double our business. Now, that's a big number especially once your business gets to a certain level. Now, technically speaking, my business last year had a 24% increase. Most people would be super happy with that. And, and I am. But technically speaking, it's failing. I am a person who's totally comfortable with that. Like, like kind of shooting for the, what is, the moon and you end up in the stars kind of concept. I don't beat myself up over that. One of my salespeople, his name is Jeff Wickerham, he is not like that. Okay. <laughs> he wants to set really uh, achievable incremental goals and surpass them. And because otherwise he'll get frustrated. Neither of us are wrong. And so the, the one thing I'd say is goals are deeply personal. And that leads me to how I sort of came up with the five F's is that, you know, I think most people set goals and they tend to spend on two F's it's fitness or finance. They want to get six pack abs or they want to make more money. And that's cool. Those are good goals, right? But it occurred to me at one point, I'm like, yeah, but there's a lot more to my life <laughs> than my business and doing sit-ups, I hope. <laughs> and so it occurred to me that I should, if I wanted well-rounded life, that I should have well-rounded goals. So my five Fs are finance, fitness, family, faith, and fun. And yes, I think you should have fun goals. And so I look at that and I try to create at least one goal in each of those F's so that, and, and for me, it's gotta be, I was just talking about this the other day. I think one of the secrets is it should be something in there that actually excites you. You know, I think it's one of the reasons I like big goals. Cause when people are like, well, I want a 5% increase in sales. Well, maybe that, maybe that excites you. That's not enough to excite me. That's not enough to make me change my behavior. Right. 
So, you know, whether it's like for me, and this is again, totally subjective. One of my goals this year is to do at least one really cool thing each month. Well, who defines really cool thing? That would be me, right? (laughs) Because, um, but so I, what it did is it forced me to go, okay, well, what am I doing each month that I think is cool? Well, that changes the trajectory of my year because all of a sudden that I wanted to do something cool each month and I wanted to do something fun and it's family related. So within a day or two, I booked a trip with my wife to go to Mexico because I'm like, well, that fits a bunch of things. I wouldn't have done it had I not gone through the mental exercise. And so I think by having well-rounded goals, it gives you a well-rounded life, but hopefully you're focusing on things that actually excite you. So you don't get to the end of your life, the end of your week, the end of your year or whatever, and just go, life just happened to me because I think that's a real tragedy. And I want to segment that into, you wrote another book um, and you have a tagline called uh, Fan of Happy. And this was not a book about marketing. This was actually a book, um, or or actually, I guess it was for your daughters. You know, that is like a lot of the stuff in the, in this book that I read is, is it's very simple, but it's, it's not about being simple. It's like, there are two different things. It's, it's, you know, but like, how do you do it? It's like, I know how to get six pack abs. But like, am I actually right. doing it right? Like, so it's like yeah. you can say saying, yeah, I mean, I know, you know, work out, eat right, you know, do sit ups, boom, six pack abs. But that's not actually easy to actually implement. Being happy every day in the world we live in of negativity is a difficult thing. You are hit in the face yeah. every single second from social media, from other people. I mean, ultimately, even friends will be like, oh, it's just like, oh, my God, like everybody wake up like you are a human being. Gary V says it all the time. You had like a one in trillion chance of even being born. Why are you wasting it? Yep. Right. Like you won the most yeah. important race of your life. And you're not even you're taking that for granted. And so, like, I try to put that into perspective every day and you have to constantly be challenging yourself. Like, are you putting off the best vibe of who you are on a daily basis? And if it's not making people happy, it's not making people smile, then damn it, you need to do something different. And so I'd love (laughs) to understand how you wrote this book, uh, Fan of Happy for your daughters and really tell us a little bit about about that journey as well uh, and, and how that can help, you know, support the people and the listeners that are uh, that are following. Yeah, thanks for asking about that. I, you know, Fan of Happy was a, so uh, I don't know if uh, anybody who's listening to this podcast has had teenage daughters or sons, but what I found is, believe it or not, when we would have conversations, my daughters were not always totally receptive to my wonderful wisdom. Uh, (laughs) Sounds like you have children. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. They were not interested in hearing what I had to say, but it occurred to me after a couple different discussions where I'm like, you know, they don't, it's not that they don't care, but they're not, they're not in the right season to hear me right now, but someday they're going to want to know what I have to say about this. So quite frankly, I just started writing them down. And then sometimes they were in the form of a blog post that I felt like it was a personal development lesson. Um, so many of the things came from conversations where they, um, you know, they were messing up or, uh, quite frankly, they, they, they were disappointed in why this would, would matter to them. I got about probably 30 to 40 lessons in and I was like, wait a second, this would, this would be valuable to almost anybody. Cause it's just personal development stuff. Right. Um, and so the, the choice of the title I put together, it's, it's 110 lessons for my daughters and yours or whatever. Um, they're, they're little blog post length pieces 
all of which, you know, you can consume pretty easily. But the, the, the title fan of happy is it's, it became the mantra for it because I think so many times we get focused on what people should do, the lifestyle they should have, the person they should love, the job they should take. And my default came to when people started, you kind of have those conversations and we've all been in them. Hell, we've all led them where we are actively judging somebody else, right? They shouldn't do this because of this or that. And um, for me, you know, I had a, a best friend who had questions about his sexuality. And ultimately, he was just tortured by it. And when he made the decision he ultimately made, he was happy. And I, I talked to my daughters about this, and I said, I'm a fan of happy. You need to choose the path. You need to choose the lifestyle. You need to choose the job that makes you ultimately joyful. I'm a fan of that. And so that's essentially where that all came from. I love that, man. And, um, you know, I want to kind of, as we, as we get close to kind of wrapping this up, I do want to jump into a fan of happy, but like, how do we really find happiness in your workplace? Um, you know, following Hassman marketing and what you guys do, it seems like a really fun place to work. You seem like a great leader and, and that's hard to achieve. You know, we feel that at the Dunstan group, we've kind of created that same type of vibe where it's fun to go to work. Like we don't consider it a job, but there's a lot of people out there that would rather have strep throat than walk through the door at 8 a.m. You know what I mean? So like yeah. what for, for all of our listeners that are our leaders that are that are business owners, um, you know, that are managers, even if you're not a manager, even if you're just an employee, what are some tips where you can really find happiness in work? That is a fantastic discussion. We could probably do a whole podcast on it, but let me give you a probably. couple off the top of my head. Yeah. But number one is gratitude, right? Like, again, the idea that you put yourself in a mentality of uh, you are, if you're a leader, you are in service to your employees. You should be thanking them on a regular basis. What does that look like? Is it a, is it an email? Is it a card? Is it a gift? Uh, is it a promotional item? Um, or is it, man, just walk up, shake their hand, pat them on the shoulder and say, you did awesome on this project. There's not enough of that. Uh, gratitude, sincere gratitude. Um, Pushing out joy. I think so many times it's like we kind of feel like that when we, um, we're down, that we need somebody to do something nice for us. But the truth is, if you want to take control of your joyfulness and you're happy, is you, you push that out to somebody. Do something nice for somebody. It's the idea that, you know, one of the studies that I, that I absolutely love, and this might be a good place to, to, you know, to wrap it up, but is that they did a study about the chemical oxytocin. Oxytocin is a chemical in your brain that decreases stress. They call it sort of the, the hug or the, the love hormone. Um, it's a, it is a chemical that gets released when, you know, literally you give somebody a hug. So they did a study on acts of kindness. So the person who receives an act of kindness gets a boost of oxytocin in their bloodstream. What's cool is the person who gives the act of kindness gets a boost of oxytocin. So they feel better. They have, they, uh, have less stress, all that sort of thing. But the coolest part of the study is the third group, the, the group that just sees it happen. A person who just happens to be walking by and they see a random act of kindness, they get an equal boost of oxytocin as well. So if you want to um, sincerely uh, make a difference in the happiness of your workplace or in your life, push out joy. 
push out kindness, it is amazing the effect it will have if you do it consistently. I love that. Um, love that's a great way to, to, to end this. And, you know, Kirby, thank you so much. I know I mentioned in the beginning, but uh, you were kind of the inspiration. And, and there's a lot of other people that we can thank, including DC and Yash that are here uh, as well. And Melissa with Well Run Media. It's been an amazing journey um, from the podcast world of not knowing what in the hell we were doing to now <laughs> have over two and a half days of content. And I think the biggest advice that you had in that book, and as well as everyone that's been successful, is you have to be consistent. And when we started a podcast, yeah. we had a lot of people questioning it until probably episode 75. It's what's your ROI? What's going to happen? And you know what? We didn't, yeah. we didn't care because we wanted to give the yep. stories of our community first. And that's really where the basis of the podcast was. It wasn't to make money. It was to to share the amazing content of, of people, not only in our community, but people like you, Kirby. So thank you so much for not only joining us on the on the Brand Builders podcast, but thank you for the inspiration on that side. Um, before we do let you go, everybody, please go check out uh, Amazon. You can, um, you can purchase this book. Actually, right now it is free on Kindle if you have that, which is amazing. I'm writing my review right now as five stars because it was that good. Uh, and I finished it in one one night. And as much as I need to set goals to read more books, I don't read enough, but I couldn't put it down. And uh, maybe because I had you on the podcast, I was like forced to read it. <laughs> but but deep down, you know, I got halfway through the book and you're like, you're still here. I'm like, damn, I am. I'm still here. I'm still here. So and you didn't have pictures. So I know. I'm, no I'm pressure. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Honestly, no pictures. And it's not even like maybe you helped me because the book is not numbered. So I didn't know what page I was on. So I don't look down. I'm like, oh, God, I got I got oh. 85 more pages. You just kept reading. And you're like, Jedi oh my God, trick I'm three quarters through this thing. But uh, but everybody, if you're liking or if you're uh, if you're listening, please like, comment, share. Uh, definitely go follow Kirby on uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, follow his group. He puts out amazing blogs, amazing content, uh, challenges you to be a better person, has uh, has created multiple different books. Uh, I read his stuff all the time. And, you know, as a person in the industry, it's so nice to see our industry starting to change where everybody's giving hugs and everybody wants to help others. And and it's not so much looking at each other as competition, but really looking at each other as as a as a force where if we do good and we do right, we're not only promoting our industry, but ultimately we're supporting the communities that we're in. And that's what it's all about. And, and I think that's really the next step in 2020. This decade is going to be about helping your neighbor, helping somebody that's different than you. And ultimately, by doing that, uh, you're going to not only you know receive uh, more business, but you're going to receive more emotion, more love, more joy, and and I think that's the, the the basis. So you know, Kirby, again, thank you so much for joining us on the Brand Butters Podcast, and uh, we uh, we appreciate everything that you do. Thank you so much for having me, and thanks for making a difference, guys. I really appreciate it. Until next time, you are listening to the Brand Butters Podcast. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.